Justin, you, to my knowledge, are a big caffeine guy. Is that right? Or do you just like Monster, like the taste of Monster? Peter, you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I haven't drank Monster since December of 2021. I did. I did know that. But my question is, did you was it the caffeine for you that you liked about it? Or was it just the, the taste of that green green drink? Uh, I don't know anything about Monster. It's like a it's like a mixture because like I used to, I I drank it first for the caffeine. My mm-hmm. first my first ever can of Monster. I snapped that open, bought it at the Route 66 gas station in Dwight, Illinois, Alrighty. on my way to Illinois State University for my first ever speech tournament. That's wow. how it started. Yeah, I know first ever speech tournament Monster. I got the low carb stuff, opened it up, drank it. It tasted like battery acid, my friend disgusting Mm -hmm. but you know what i guess it made me more energetic i don't even remember to be honest um so i had it and then then you start drinking it and then then you start to get used to it and you like the taste of it and then i eventually went for the sugary stuff um but then it was like to the point where i think arguably red bull is a better flavor than monster like maybe this is like like whatever but like i don't get i didn't do red bull because you didn't get enough liquid in it yeah and then that's what it started to be that thing like yeah i got the caffeine hit from it but then i liked sipping it and then there were some times that i'm like i'm just thirsty i'm gonna pop open a monster and that's when you know you have a problem (laughs) sure sure (laughs) so the reason i ask is because i'm not a caffeine person i actually Mm. i have like pretty bad reactions to caffeine i get Mm. all shaky um i pee eight times in an hour Mm. Uh, (laughs) I, mm. It's not it's not good for me. Uh, so I don't like I don't really drink a lot of coffee. My girlfriend, Elena, uh, she's a barista. And so she is a big coffee person. Um, but whenever we get it, I get it, you know, decaf. Um, so today, I guess rather yesterday, me and my roommate Josh were in uh, at the grocery store across the street. The Woodman's one of Ooh, the two places to be. In Woodman's. Yeah. And uh, we walked down the um, the energy drink aisle because he's a monster drinker. And um we both picked up one of these. Now I'm holding up to the camera. This is a Sonic the Hedgehog G Fuel. G Fuel? You ever drink a G Fuel? Uh, I, to be honest, no, I have not. I've, I've seen it advertised many a times on one, The Completionist. Sure, yeah. Th- this is this is your gamer juice, right? Your yeah. gamer fuel. Yeah. Um. So I drank this today. Uh-oh. Uh, there are 300 milligrams of caffeine in this. Yeah. Uh... And I nearly passed away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you vibrate through walls or something? Dude, this is going to sound gross. I could feel my toenails and my fingernails sitting on my hands. Mm, mm -hmm, (laughs) I was mm -hmm. like acutely aware of all of my... Uh, of all of my, you felt (laughs) every hair on your hand. Like you felt it. Yeah. Yes. It was... Um, truly a nightmare. And to be honest, I'm, I had this at like noon, maybe more like one and I'm sort of still fucking feeling this, my man. (laughs) You're not sleeping at night. Let me tell you that. No. Wow. Um, can I say though, a delightful flavor? Yeah. It's it's peach ring flavored, which is a, a favorite candy of mine. I don't have it very much anymore, but, um, a delightful flavor. I thought it was going to taste like Sonic. Um, oh, what would that taste like? What was, what would Sonic? Did we have an I, episode where, where we smelled the candles of Sonic? I was going to say it was the candles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I figured this would taste like a like just sort of a liquidated chili dog. <laughs> um, it didn't. It was it was delightful. But um, 
I'll say this. It's, it says um, a few things on the top of this can here, and I assume this says it on for all G Fuel. Um, it says, performance energy, zero sugar, extreme focus. And let me say about this, this focus, this, this labeling here. I was very focused on feeling like I was falling through the floor all day. <laughs> I, I guess this is just, just goes to show I do not do well with sort of like any sort of, uh, substances. <laughs> um, but, uh, that, that is my G fuel review. Have you ever had it before? I think you said you hadn't. Right? No, yeah, no, I've not had a G fuel before. Um, but, uh, I, you know, will you do it again? Nope. I, Really can't describe how weird I felt. Because um, like I said, like I just don't have caffeine very much. And when I do, like I generally like I try to avoid it um, just because it makes me f- it does not make me feel good. Um, and, and this was uh, like uh, for about 10 minutes as I was sipping on this thing. I was like, all right. OK, G Fuel, I see what you're doing here. Um, and also for reference, uh, we were looking at it. I think a can of Monster is a little a little more than half as much caffeine as was in this. Okay. Um, so there you go. G Fuel uh, at stores everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it might kill you. Yeah, it didn't, though. Because you know what, Justin? We will persist. Because you know what happens every single week? Hitbox persist. It's Hitbox. going on everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 130 we have persisted for 130 episodes have we ever missed a week one time but have we done more than 130 episodes we have all right i was say we missed a week we purposely like missed a week and then we lost a week i was gonna say because we've lost one week but like i think we've We've more than made up with uh, for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Additional I, content. I still think if I, I don't know if I still have that episode of the audio of just you. If we just release your half of the audio, like would that would that be something we should do? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, say fine. That that's is fine. Pretty unlistenable. Yeah. Um. But uh, my name is Peter Hunspitik, and joining me as always for the past 130 weeks, my wonderful friend and co-host Justin Makovich. How are you, man? I know that work has been crazy for you. And I'm just glad to see that you're still kicking. Oh, I'm still kicking. Uh, thanks to uh, my uh, my coffee that I have in here. Yeah, yeah, it's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, I brewed a pot of coffee when I got home tonight. Uh, yeah, this coffee is called Death Wish Coffee. Oh, uh, it's that extreme it is, black. Yeah, it is like, it is like the, let me see, the, the name of it. It's like some of the like strongest coffee out there. Uh, this is called, I think I've advertised this before, um, but this is called the Ginger Dead Brew. Um, it has Fun. slight gingerbread flavor um, to it. Uh, it is uh, it, it is it is strong and it makes me feel. Um, I'm to the point like I drink so much coffee, Peter, that yeah. I don't feel much caffeine. But sometimes, if it's late at night, I pull up some of this ginger dead. I'm I'm starting to feel things, and it's okay. I've been drinking um, hot Dr Pepper. What is, what is that? I put Dr Pepper in my tea kettle and then I drink it. 
Is it hot when you put it in your? Oh, it's like your tea kettle on the stove. You yeah, heat I put it, it on up. the stove, and then it goes, and then I I pour that out and I drink it. So we're both the same, basically. Is that a thing? I drink it. <laughs> okay, I mean, um, does it like get syrupy? Like I didn't know. I yeah, didn't even it, know it that it gets. It goes totally flat. Uh, apparently, we were looking at. We were talking about this. Uh, my roommate and I. Apparently, it is like a. Um, it's a thing that like wives or mothers would would give children when they were sick like um just like a like a nice calming thing on your stomach it's very syrupy it's very like you really taste all those flavors in there um but um, I, I yeah i've been drinking that i i saw a thing today that if you mix it, apparently i think tom hanks does this Ugh. um you can mix America's uh, sweetheart what <laughs> america's sweetheart tom hanks Oh, okay. Is he? Um, That's I think he's what on. told me COVID was a thing because, like, when Tom Hanks got it, then then it was real, and yeah. then like the NBA canceled, and then Claire and I went to Meyer to survival shop. But Tom Hanks also taught me that if you drink champagne, mm-hmm. you can put Diet Coke in it. Is that good? I don't know, but I saw a TikTok today of it, so try it does, friends. does that sound good i guess like i don't have a reference for like champagne i don't i feel like for me champagne is like heartburn in a glass mm. like if i have a sip of it it's like there's the heartburn it's like right there yeah. it's it's right there so may i think the adding With some the diet of that coke, diet coke in there that? yeah, yeah. It, would, it would like make it sink down below the heartburn below the heart yeah. and just go down there it'd probably be pretty good i'm more of a sweet drinker anyway and i think diet coke would add a little bit extra that's sweet to it Sure, sure. So we should but, start a uh, like a food podcast. I or mean, maybe we just have... maybe just talk about this before we start recording. <laughs> just as friends, <laughs> you know, we don't have, we don't have to we don't have to turn everything we do into the content. We don't, um, but I'm sure people would people would listen. Clearly, yeah, I, I have found that I catch myself listening to just the most uninteresting shit. Not uninteresting. <laughs> I I find it fascinating, but I'm just like. I don't know how I get drawn to these things, um, but let's not veer too far off the video games here. Uh, All right. Give you a quick preview of what's coming up in the news. 2023 is digging a live service mass grave. The PS Plus collection is being dissolved and EA scrapped titanfall 3 all of that and more is coming up before we get to it we just want to give you a quick reminder to hop onto our discord server the link to that is in the description of this episode support us on patreon patreon.com slash hitbox pod become a one dollar podcast producer become a three dollar deluxe podcast producer like jay noel like uh like uh, dave parker uh who knows maybe we'll put that uh, additional episode of, of just my audio on there Really getting your money's worth out of an episode that's completely unlistenable. Uh, I jest, of course, every single week. Those folks are getting an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Um, today, we're talking about reviews and, and what a review, what makes a good review. Um, there's over 30 episodes on there. The deal just keeps getting sweeter. Hop on over there if you have some cash you want to throw our way. If not, all good. Support us on Twitter. Follow us at HitboxPod. Rate the show on whatever podcast player you're listening to it on. Am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. All social media stuff, right? Uh, this has nothing to do with you reading it, but as you're yeah. reading it, I did yawn, and I yawned mm. so hard that my uh, headphone disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cavernous ears you got just, there. Just, yeah, when, I just got yeah. lost. Yeah. Um, well, if I, if I happened to miss something, uh, you know where the fuck to find us. <laughs> Don't play. Don't. I just gave you like eight different places to find <laughs> us. Uh, Justin. 
let's start talking about video games. What do you think? You want to start with the Metacritic Roundup? Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Three games. Three game games in the Metacritic Roundup today. The first here is Season A Letter to the Future. This is on PlayStation 5, PC, and PS4. On PlayStation 5, it has a 77. On PC, it has an 81, and it is unscored on the PS4. Uh, I have to imagine that that's going to be sort of a recurring theme as the year continues, that that places are just going to sort of stop giving out PS4 and Xbox One codes, I'm starting to think. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're Um, getting to that point. You can buy a PlayStation 5. They're out there. I saw saw the God of War bundles and everything at at GameStop when I went there to pick up uh, Dead Space Remake, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. But... um, what do you think of this game? Have you, you are you familiar with this one? This has got featured on a few of those PlayStation showcases, but I, I feel like it was a while ago at this point. Yeah, I don't really know much about it. I'm looking at the um like uh, trailer of it, and it looks fun. Is it like a photography game? Is it like paparazzi, but like not? Um, I would say it's paparazzi adjacent. You know, okay, so basically, okay. you play as this this uh, guy on a bicycle, um, who is traveling around this sort of like fictional future world. Um, and you're, you're recording just everything that's going on. So you are like taking photographs and you're talking with the inhabitants of the world and like interviewing them, um, and and, like asking just about the world. And it's just a game about like enjoying these moments. Um, and, and like just recording, like recording the lives and time like the lives the lives and times of the places that we go um it seems like a very sweet game like like a very um this seems like the ultimate one of those ultimate cozy games you know what i mean yeah it looks cozy it kind of looks beautiful little art style going on here yeah um the trailer i'm watching did say it was supposed to come out autumn of 2022 um, yes. And I'm, I'm looking at my calendar and it's definitely not 2022 and it's definitely not autumn so Oh, mine says it is. Oh, I need a new calendar. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, um, do you have like calendars that you just never turn? Like it's like I still have a calendar up here, February of 2021 in my room. Um, <laughs> it's just still no, there. I, uh, I stopped. I stopped accepting um, physical calendars from my from my mother because I just couldn't keep lying to myself that I was going to. Yeah, it's like use them or look at them it, or anything it's february 16th is the last day before i stopped crossing off the days so wow that was that was almost two years ago today i know yeah we were like wow. 10 days off yeah um it's insane it's still up there <laughs> yeah but so yeah we got season um this seems like a, a delightful little cozy game um where if you are looking to just relax and and really take in a world um, this game seems like it's the type of thing that's like totally up your alley. Uh, if not, like if you're looking for something, I think a little bit more like action focused or like mechanically driven, I think that this is probably not going to be the type of game for you. But like, I don't know. I think that this looks nice. Yeah, it looks fun. And I mean, not not a bad score. 77 user score is a is a 6.4 um, for it. So not sure if people are just playing it like, <sighs> hey, the same for me. Or people just bombing it, like, oh, one of these games, you know, like a game when you're taking pictures of people. Um, but no, no, Justin, I, I wish it were for real reasons. Uh, people are just mad because um, you play as a black guy, and because there's people who are not straight and not white in the game. Yeah, so. my my uh, one of these uh, a reviewer, uh, my cream hun, says. Mm. 
in this world, everything is about this woke thing right now. That's why they want to sell a game with this woke. So cool. I'm, I'm sure that person's fun to talk to. <laughs> I'm sure that they. I'm sure that they're reasonable and like have like really thought about the light, their life in the world and whatever. Uh, fuck that guy. But season light of the future seems like a good time. Um. Next game on Metacritic Roundup here is Deliver Us Mars uh, on the PlayStation 5. It has a 68. Um, on PC, it has a 72. And it is unscored everywhere else, but it is also available on the PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash S. Justin. Oh, Justin. I have played all of Deliver Us Mars. And all of it? I wrote a review um for deliver are, us mars wait are you one, one of the Game critic Skinny. reviews on here i am one of the critic reviews on here oh Guess my which god one this, i am i'm on the front page this dude 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 this is this is a first i think right <laughs> uh yeah usually like usually <laughs> my stuff isn't isn't one of the top ones yeah. um but this is not like a huge title um, but the, one of the reasons I'm one of the top ones on the front page here is because I'm a little bit of an outlier. Um, I gave this game a four out of 10. <laughs> I do not like it at all. Um, can I read your blurb for everyone? Yeah, please do. So your blurb says those who play deliver us the moon may find something more to love here, but I had a hard time coming back to the red planet between sessions, knowing I would spend my time with bland characters only to walk around empty space stations before being sucked back into the narrative melodrama ultimately proved as cold as the vacuum of space. Peter, that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will say that my review kind of got eaten. I kind of got like chewed up in the editing process to the point where like, uh, I, I think that I articulated a lot of the things I didn't like about this game and editor, uh, the editorial staff at Game Skinny, um, who are all very nice people and were doing their jobs, uh, kind of, I, I think, made it a little bit less clear as to why I think this is a four out of ten. Um, I, I, this is a boring game. Like, I, like I'm sorry. It, it, the people worked very hard on this, I'm sure. It is a pretty boring game. Um, basically, the premise is it, this is like a third person like adventure game um, with some light puzzle elements. And basically, the idea is that um, it's the sequel to a game called Deliver Us the Moon, which I didn't play. But that was like a big, um, uh, I think, early access PC game for a while. Um, and it was a, a story about people going to the moon and reading audio, like listening to audio logs and whatever. Um, this is like a follow up to that, but it's trying to go for a more like cinematic approach to its narrative. It's trying to be like an uncharted or like a God of war in terms of like being like a really narrative driven cinematic game. And it just doesn't have the budget for it. And that's unfortunate because like all the characters look really bad and they're stiff and like their eyebrow, like their faces are clipping through their eyebrows and like it, it's, it's, it's boring. The writing is boring. <laughs> the story is boring. And it's not fun. <laughs> so, so what do you like do in it? Um, it is about six hours long, and I'm not kidding. I think four hours are cutscenes. Four hours are cutscenes or walk and talk sections where you are walking slowly down a hallway with another character. Uh -huh. um, the other, let's call it two hours, um, you are exploring, like I sort of said in the blurb, um, like deserted space stations um, or um sort of walking around bumming around on the surface of mars using the climbing um mechanics from astro's playroom where you like left triggers the left hand and right triggers the right hand and you're like sort of climbing up walls and stuff um and then you're solving the, these really simple laser puzzles um 
I, I know like I'm not doing a great job describing what you do, but that's because there's like just not a lot to it. Um, it's like a, just like a third person like adventure game um, where you're trying to pick up the pieces of what happened to this civilization on Mars, um, because basically the plot is that um, the Earth, it's like 20, like 70 or something like that. And like the Earth is pretty much sapped up with of all of its natural resources and some people who were on the moon studying like how like coming up with like new solutions to like fix the problems and stuff um all sort of like went awol and uh went to mars in these like big settlements and so you're looking for the people who like could potentially have technology that could help restore earth to what it was um and so you're just like doing a lot of like picking up the pieces of like where they went um which i think is like a cool premise but like ultimately like the the answers to those questions are like disappointing or just not interesting. Um, the character, it's just like very like, it does a lot of drama for the sake of drama. It, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, yeah, if I, anything yeah. does this game do well? Um, I th- think the zero gravity stuff is kind of fun. I always like in, in video games when you go into zero gravity, um, and like everything starts off like pretty much, how it is with gravity, but like things slowly start to just go all wonky. You know what I mean? As like, yeah. they're, you know, not tethered to the ground. Like there's some sections like that that are cool. Um, there's a cool, like you are in charge. You, uh, it sometimes jumps from like first person to third person. And it goes into first person when you're doing like the takeoff sequence of like being in the, in the space shuttle and like taking off from earth and you have to like pull all the levers and do all that sort of stuff. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but that's about it. I, I really didn't like this game very much. I mean, I, I mean, I, it, I, I think your, uh, your review doesn't really necessarily seem like that, that much of an outlier. I mean, a 68, like that, it's not a great glowing review of something. Um, and I also think like, yeah, you gave it a four out of 10, which math would say is a two out of five, which yeah. I mean, I think a three out of five, that, that, that encompasses a lot of games. Yeah, let me say this. I um unless you're like a fan like I think I said this in the blurb, but unless you're a fan of the first game Deliverous Moon, I would not recommend this to anyone. Mm, mm. Um it also like it struggles like I said, like performance-wise, like it struggles with keeping a steady frame rate. Um the textures look really bad. Like I said the faces look really bad. Um like there like there was just nothing that made me want to come back to this between playing it. Uh is, is there a Dinklebot in this? Is there a Dinklebot in this? It looks like there's a Dinklebot no no it's it's like a just a drone that you sometimes control it doesn't talk to you or it does but it talks to you in like r2d2 beeps and then your character goes like yeah that's what i was thinking you know what i mean yeah yeah um yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't play this if you get it for free and like are interested like try it out but um i a ringing endorsement if you get it for free maybe check it out um the game jumps between like uh it's about like like a family drama basically and like it jumps between like the present and like when your main character is like a kid but i think they i think for the character model for the kid they just shrunk her body down um because like her proportions are wrong and like she's got like an adult face on this child's body it it looks like cyberpunk they just take they take the slider and just move the slider down a little bit yeah no like i'm not kidding like it it looks like that and it's (laughs) she's got this adult face and this adult head on a little kid but She's got, uh, she she got, got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, like facial hair everywhere. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But oh, her face is just clipping through all the facial hair. Um, <laughs> it, it, no, seriously, it is like it is like like very uncanny, and like all the eyes are just like dead. 
um, and like unseeing. It's one of those things too, where like I, I played this game and was thinking like, was this the like okay? If you're making a game, and obviously I don't make games, and so it's very easy for me to say this, um, not work someone who doesn't work on making video games, but like it seemed to me that at a certain point someone had to call it in terms of like their technical ability because I was I was watching some like um like promotional stuff that they did and they like had the like the the main actress like in a mocap suit and like looking around and like they were doing like facial capture and stuff um which is like you know like ambitious sure but like at a certain point you have to like look at your game and go like you know what the way we are trying to tell this we don't have the budget for don't have the you know the, the team for whatever like we have to figure out what to do about this so how do you pay, like how do you pivot from doing like a you know truly cinematic game that tells this story like I think it would be better if it was just a different style of game to tell this story. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um hey. It's a game. It's out there. You can play it. It's a game. You can play it. Metacritic Roundup. There you go. Last thing on Metacritic Roundup, we got Hogwarts Legacy. The review embargo for this lifted today. Before we even talk about this game, Justin and I talked about this before um, recording. Just like talking about like how to talk about this game. And uh, we covered like the conversation surrounding this in the past. Uh, and we, we don't necessarily think we need to rehash any of that. Because also like what's been said by us has been said by fucking literally everyone else. Um, regarding like J.K. Rowling and all that. Um, with this game, it is is uncomfortable to talk about and it makes people uncomfortable. And I think as we've said in other episodes, that is a good impulse to be uncomfortable by this and to talk about that and to, uh, have those conversations regarding how this game makes us feel and, um, what it means for the people that it affects. Right. Um, but we are going to, we are going to cover this game on our show, um, because it is news. And at the end of the day, talking about it, as news and talking about the complicated relationship that it has with existing, um, I think is, is really important. Um, and so if that makes you uncomfortable, totally get it. Um, but I, I think that this is something that is going to be in the news, um, at, at least for the next couple of weeks. Cause I mean, fucking Hog Harry Potter is like huge. Right. Um, but so with all that said, um, Metacritic score, do you have anything to add? Sorry, Justin. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if it makes you uncomfortable, talk about it. Like, I, I, as we said before, I think the discourse is important. So mm-hmm. I think ignoring context is is the only the wrong thing to do. I think, you know, Agreed. whenever we talk about this, you got to talk about the context. I mean, that's simple as that. Agreed. Um, let's talk about the Metacritic score here. Xbox Series X has got an 89, PlayStation 5 an 85, PC in 82. It is also coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and um, surprisingly, I didn't know this, the Nintendo Switch, which uh, notably uh, on Metacritic here, the game isn't out yet, um, but notably, the uh, there are like, it, it tells you how long until the game releases. Um, so, oh, this comes out in three hours, so tomorrow. Um, but uh, for the Xbox One... I guess yesterday when you're listening to this, We're time uh, the Xbox, Xbox one and PlayStation four, uh, it says it comes out in 56 days. Justin, before you look, how many days do you think until the switch launched this game? Wait, you said, you said just said 56 days, 56 for the PlayStation four and Xbox one. Those are not launching oh. together. Yeah. Um, please tell me it just is like one of those infinity symbols. No, uh, it is 168 days. Oh, okay. That's a, that's so still a specific half a year. That, that might be a little soon to start the countdown. One might say, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would not start counting down then. But, yeah, I um, would just you know, why don't we give it time? I'm pretty <laughs> sure this ain't making that. 
Yes. So so Hogwarts Legacy is is scoring pretty well. Um, people are talking about how it's got a pretty effective story. Um, obviously, there are. It seems like there are some some pretty substantial technical hiccups um, that that people were talking about in terms of like pop in and, and frame rate and like loading screens and everything like that. Uh, like loading time. Sorry. Um, but other than that, have you have you taken a look at what any of the other reviews are saying about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it seems like uh, one of the surprises that people talk about are the combat system is actually pretty interesting mm-hmm. um, with it. Uh, you know, you're mixing up your spells, um, a lot of side quests that you get to go on. The story itself looks like, you know, I when, whenever I think about a game like this, I just kind of think about like, oh, it's just going to be like you're in this open world and taking missions from people. But it seems like like the story itself is like pretty involved for a story. Um, yeah. And I think you get to explore a Hogwarts castle, which I think is kind of cool. Um, and like there seems to be some technical hiccups with it. Uh, I heard in the preview that people were saying that when you like open a door, it like freezes a second to load. And I think yeah. that's still happening on the the pre the review build that people got of it. Um, but yeah, I think there's some interesting looking uh, aspects of this game. Um, and definitely the score, I think I'm, you know, I surprise is the, is the wrong word for the review score, but it does seem like people are pretty positive on this game overall. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's tough, right? Like we, I think we might've talked about this when we even drafted it for in, um, with with button mashing 101 about how like this game seemed to be like one of those things where it would either do very well just based on the fact that, you know, people love Harry Potter and, and this seems to be a pretty competently made game. Or um, th- th- I think the big question around it was like, will the controversy surrounding it affect how people view it and how people review it? Um, which seems to be not the case with this. Um, obviously, as it's, you know, mid to upper 80s um, with this. But uh, yeah, I-, I think, you know, for Harry Potter fans who feel that they want to play it, it seems like it's a pretty solid RPG game. I mean, like, like this is one of those things that like, I think like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I would have been really, really into this, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I also, I, I saw a lot of people, did you, have you played any other Harry Potter games? Like the old Harry Potter games? Cause I played So like, I have very fond memories of Harry Potter and the chamber of secrets on my grandfather's computer. Um, <laughs> Hanging out with fucking peeves. Running at like 15 frames per second, probably. Yeah, yeah. Hagrid's just got like a flat fucking face. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of people saying like, I've always wanted like a very, you know, high quality Harry Potter game. And I was like, oh, I I thought those were fun when I was a kid. But also I was a child and maybe didn't think about the new games in that way. Well, well, it's like that old games are old, like games that you play at the time feel great. But I think the perspective of today like if you play that game today, would would that game be <laughs> what what you remember it yeah, to be? No, probably not. Um, actually, I remember when I was a kid, I played the Toy Story two game for N sixty four, and like I thought that game was awesome. Like, oh, you can go all these places, and I played it a couple years ago, and I was like, uh, oh boy, this game. I I powered through this. I guess I was really patient when I was a kid because some of those Dude. games aren't that's the thing i played video games for hours and hours and hours right that like (laughs) video games that like i were probably bad or probably like were like busted in a way that like (laughs) would you you know what i mean like that i now would just be like nope i'm out you know we're done Um, 
Yeah, unless, but, unless uh, you're being paid to to review it. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I knew that I had to, was going to have to potentially do some guides for Deliver Us Mars, and I was like, I if I was, and I think I wrote, the, I, think, I don't know if this made it in the final version of this, but like, I if I was not didn't have to play Deliver Us Mars, I would have I would have been out like way way before it. But what is the guide? Um, like, press A. <laughs> no, just like like some simple like explainers on like how some of the puzzles work. And oh, everything. okay. Press um, X because. Pretty much. I mean, it is like point a laser into a laser module or point a laser into a prism that splits into two things so that it can go into two modules. Hold your keep your hat on because I'm not trying to blow your mind here. And they said you never use geometry after freshman year. I uh, tried to do 80 minus 30 the other day and I thought it was 60. (laughs) So um, not that that's geometry, but I just shows you sort of my basic math. Um, (laughs) Uh, ability did you play anything this week no yeah he I says sadly i tried i downloaded I so um uh hi-fi rush uh and then by the time it was done downloading there went my video game playing time for the yeah, week yeah um That'll do it i had my switch pulled out oh congrats that's a big yeah. step yeah, it was dead. So Did you turn it on? Oh, okay. No. It was dead. And then I was like not really near a convenient charger. And I was like, okay, I guess yeah. this is a oh. sign for me to watch the Food Network. Oh, dude, I've been watching Guy Fieri like clips on YouTube. That guy seems like a good hang. Yeah, but like I'm sick of grocery show. games. Like I don't want every time I turn on Food Network, why yeah. does it have to be Guy Fieri? He seems because he's like the, I, I guess, is Elton Brown still there? No. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe, like, yeah. I, I like like he taught me how to make some good popcorn. That Alton Brown, that Good Eats, that used to be my yeah. that used to be my shit. Yeah, I'm a fan of just the fucked up foods. The Guy Fieri just doing a, you know the old DDD. Like he's going, just, he's being like, "This is a macaroni and cheese pulled pork burger." <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, like, like ain't nothing wrong with sounds, that. Sounds pretty good. What's your favorite sounds way to eat mac good. and cheese? I don't like mac and cheese. Next topic, please. <laughs> okay, I played Dead Space Remake uh, more. Uh, Justin's skin kicks ass. <laughs> um, to clarify, uh, I like I don't like box mac and cheese. I think it's slimy and gross. Um, but I think if you make mac and cheese with like like real noodles and like if you bake mac and cheese and like put some ham in there. A pulled pork, any sort of anything to like sort of change it up. Is what so I when mean. I say mac and cheese, your go to default is box mac and cheese. I guess that's like what you picture. I guess like I just have like that's that's the mac and cheese that that most people eat, right? No. What do you no. what's your go to mac and cheese? Like when I when I when someone says mac and cheese to me, yeah. I think of like, you know, you get that creamy out of the oven with the gooey cheese on it. Yeah, you get okay, some yeah. of the elbow See, I'm into and that. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's, I'm into that. Okay, okay, that's except like not that hey, you know, eat what you like. Taste yeah. taste what you want to taste. But like when I think of mac and cheese, I do not default to craft macaroni and cheese. I think um It's orange, man. That's not natural. I'll say this though, Justin. Like, no, I don't think that we are like now that I'm like, I, I, if I could be so bold, like a proper adult. Uh, like, I don't think that like we are that different in age. But I think the difference between a 25 year old and what a 32 year old is that yeah. if I ask a 25 year old, "Do you like mac and cheese?" Like, what is the first thing you think? What kind of mac and cheese do you think of when you think of mac and cheese? It is boxed for sure. 
So for me, like I, I yeah. there's this there's this place called the Big Cheese. It's a food truck that hangs Ooh. around Indiana University. Oh, that's great. Like they, it's like they make grilled cheese sandwiches, and you know what you See, can get on good. your grilled cheese sandwich? You can get some mac, mac and, and cheese, cheese on that grilled cheese sandwich. There, so that get really some good. texture, and then you can get some bacon on it. Get a little crunch in there, and you can get yeah. mac and cheese bites on top of it. There's so many mac and cheese varieties out there, my friend. Um, are you a fr- you know Sarpinos? Have you ever been to a Sarpinos? Sarpino. Yeah, there's one right by me. Yeah. It's like pizza, oh, right? Okay, get get ready to blow your mind. All right, oh. speaking of our food podcast, if you get their mac and cheese bites there and get some of the creamy garlic sauce, you just get a nice scoop. <laughs> that sounds really good. That scoop of that good. creamy garlic and the mac and cheese bite. Your life is made, man. I will say I do like a mac and cheese bite. Like yeah? like okay. when it's in that, you know, triangle or whatever it is. Um that that's I I do fuck with that. Um Elena's mom last year for my birthday or i guess two years ago at this point when i turned like my birthday in like 2021 she made her like baked mac and cheese recipe and like i'm not gonna turn down food from anyone right like if they're making me dinner like my goodness and especially if you're making it for my birthday like yeah like i'm gonna eat regardless of whether or not i'm like a mac and cheese fan i was like i think about it all the time it had like ham in there it was like four different cheeses it was shells it was baked it was so good and I asked Elena, I was like, hey, like, I'm not trying to like ask anything of you and your family, but like for my birthday this year, do you like, do you think your mom would make it? And Elena was like, absolutely. She made it again this year. It was not the same. It was not the same. Oh, it was, fine. It was better. No, it was fine. Oh, it was okay. But did you, did you uh, say that at the moment? Like you just ate it? Yeah, and like, I stopped dinner. It. I said this like, I was it. like, Mrs. Mitchell, this is not, Jamie, this is not good. <laughs> Like thanks for for being here, everyone. This is nothing. Um, yeah, I, I no, appreciate I, uh, the effort. However, this is not what I asked for. <laughs> oh fuck! Holy shit! Um, no, I did not. But I did play Dead Space remake this week, <laughs> and um, I'm on the like the very end of the last chapter. I had to stop because I'm playing it for work, and I need to like write about the, how to beat the final boss and everything like that. Um, so otherwise, I would have just bustled through and finished it uh, to talk about it today. Justin, I said this last week. I'm gonna say it again this week. This game kicks ass. There is no reason, unless you really want to like really experience like the differences between the two. No reason to go back and play the original Dead Space. This is a definitive way to play it. That's it. I hope that they do not remake Dead Space Two, because I think that all of the choices made to make Dead Space One better are pretty much all choices to make Dead Space One like Dead Space Two. Hmm. Mm, interesting and the, the only thing i think you could do to dead space 2 to make it any better is to just give it a facelift you know but, what but i mean is like, that a bad is that a bad thing though like can you imagine like playing dead space and uh, 2 and having it look like this because if there's one thing i i you know uh, as much we we had the side by side at one point we were looking at the remake versus yeah, the original yeah. and it's like oh it doesn't look that different i i the more i see screenshots and the more i see clips from this new version I think it's significantly different, significantly creepier. Um, Agreed. And it, like, adds so much to what that game was. Like, if it's just the facelift alone, just from a visual standpoint, if they would do that Dead Space 2, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, Justin, I mean, don't get it twisted. I'm playing that day one. Like, regardless of if I'm working on it or not, I'm playing Dead Space 2 day one, baby. Um, I, I guess I, I guess I just mean, like, I think, like, a remastered version might just be the way to go. Because yeah, like, I just don't to, think you yeah. need to build it from the ground up. Like, it's... it's. But do you like, think if they just really did that with a combat system, like, the same, like, combat system that they have in the remake, that would, would change it? 
Uh, the, the combat system in the remake is the same as it is in the original, uh, um, with with one exception that in Dead uh, Space Two you get the um and we we talked about this in our our uh, deep dive that we did in the um on our Patreon exclusive bonus episode, uh, but you get uh your kinesis rig your thing that gives you like telekinesis um is way better in Dead Space Two you can like rip claws off of dead enemies and shoot them into like uh enemies that are attacking you or like you can like find like poles on the ground and like lift those up and shoot them like javelins into enemies and stuff like that that's not how it works in the first game um that's how it works in the second game and they just added that um so but like ultimately like the combat is the same in dead space original and the remake but um of course i would play a remake uh yeah, but i, I think not? that like uh, with dead space 2 i think you just remaster it make it look a little bit better up the you know change the audio because the audio in dead space remake dude like I, like i cannot stop gushing about dead space remake this game is so fucking good um and I think like all the changes, like I said, make it just like Dead Space Two, which just makes me want to go and play Dead Space Two when I finish this. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll do it, and then you'll play Dead Space Three and be like, this game isn't as bad as I thought. See, but dude, that's like the interesting thing, though, right? Like I'm kind of like, okay, Dead Space Two doesn't re- need a remake, but maybe Dead Space Three does <laughs> to like kind of like course correct, you know? But um, um, that would be quick, wild. That'd be wild. Yes. Real, your camera looks weird. Oh, never mind. Oh, what did what did it look like? It was it was just like the color of your flesh, but all over the screen. So I didn't Ugh. know if there was like some kind of like xenomorph figure in your room, just necromorph. I was I was transforming. Yeah, I was yeah. Tr- truly doing it. Um, what is it? What is it? What does a transformer make sound? What sound does a transformer make? A transformer or a yeah. necromorph? No transformer. Uh, it's transforming very slowly and in the Michael Bay movies. They just like boom. And what does a necromorph transform like? What does that sound like? I'm not having a heart attack. Sorry, I just want to... And and the final one, what does it sound like when Link puts on a mask in Majora's Mask? It's not terrible, right? It's pretty good. He like staggers for a second, then it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, truly a frightening image. <laughs> it is, it is. Dead Space Remake, though. I, I talked about it last week. Uh, it is still really good. I think, like, this is, like I said, the definitive way to play this game. Um, I, it is, it is just, just excellent. Uh, and then I play one more thing, if I can talk about it just very briefly. Um, I played all of the Resident Evil 3 remake on Saturday. Um, it's like four hours, so it's not <laughs> like that impressive of a feat to do it in a sitting and a half. Um, but uh, Justin, that's a fun little game. It, it feels like because it's so short and so bite sized, it does feel a little bit like it's just DLC for RE2, um, especially because um, you, you end up going back into the like Raccoon City Police Department and, and like some of the locations are reused a little bit. So it does feel like DLC a little bit. But um, what an enjoyable what an enjoyable game. How different is it from two in terms of like it's like vibe? Um, it is a lot more action focused. Um, like you have like a dodge roll. Like, <laughs> like, do you have a heavy roll? <laughs> like, if you have too much equipment on, <laughs> just a fat rolling? No, uh, yeah. not quite. Um, like, let me say this: the time between starting the game, Resident Evil Three Remake, and getting an automatic shotgun is like twenty minutes. Okay, yeah. If that yeah. sort of you know, shows you like <laughs> how, how it's more action focused. Um, I can definitely see why people would be a little bit upset uh, if they paid like full price for it because Resident Evil two remake. First of all, you know, it's like a, 
eight to 10 hour game on your first playthrough of it. Um, but then you get a second scenario, which has additional story content, depending on which character you play. And then there's like a, a bunch of additional like game modes and, and trials and like stuff to unlock if you are able to beat the game in a certain amount of time and whatever. And with Resident Evil three remake, uh, there's just like not additional content. It came with some multiplayer mode that I'm sure is dead in the ground now, but, um, it is it is less content packed than Resident Evil 2 remake, so it feels a little bit like it was um, lacking in that regard. Also, it came out maybe at the worst time, like maybe the worst video game release in terms of like timing, because uh, it launched like March of 2020, and it opens like with like real footage of like of like people getting like zipped up in body bags and like news footage mm. being like the pandemic is spreading across America, and there's like. The fucking quarantine isn't working. We gotta put them all down. Mm. Like, uh, I, I when, imagine uh, no one was in that mood for that. But remember when The Last of Us Part Two came out? <laughs> I do. Similar vibes. Yeah. Similar yeah. vibes. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm probably gonna play it again and see if I can't get a better time. Cool. Unlock some of those trophies. You Trophy have. You, you've literally just become a huge ass fan of Resident Evil, huh? I literally, Justin. <laughs> re4 remake is like maybe my most anticipated game right now <laughs> um yeah basically over the past like month and a half i've just like gone all out for it so um uh, resident evil 3 remake there you go want to talk about the news let's do it oh justin oh live service games they're gone what <laughs> this in live yeah, service fuck games you fortnite get out of here gone. go home well now hold on fortnite's closing no. down <laughs> no hold fuck on you call of duty now, we don't need you anymore halo infinite you've already been shut down but you can I was join gonna say that that itself is a whole thing um but my goodness this first like month of the year so many different video games have, like live service games have announced that they're shutting their services down and like hey this is like a natural part of, of game life right like especially live live game life um Video games, you know, it, it takes time and money to maintain servers and, and keep updating with new content and stuff like that. And so it's just like, you know, not every game is going to live forever. Um, but uh, I'm just going to read you a list real quick here of the games that are that are uh, sunsetting and, and being uh, are ending later this year. We've got Apex Legends Mobile, Battlefield <laughs> Mobile, Crime <laughs> Site. Never heard of that one. Crossfire X. That <laughs> too long. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's been there too long. Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, A Hero's Bonds, Echo VR, Knockout City, Back for Blood, Love Lut, Love Live, School Idol Festival. Um, I don't know what that is. It's like <laughs> from then, My Hero Academia. It's when they had their little like... Uh, little school fest? Yeah, school fest episode yeah, okay. arc. I'm just kidding. It's probably not I that. Just, or yeah, is it? I don't know. I don't know. Who, who's to say? And then Rumbleverse. Uh, what's interesting though is that... like a lot of these games are just not that old, right? Like I think back for blood, that game came out, what 2021. So like, I think, um, yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, close, yeah. decent life on that thing. Right. Um, knockout city, I think same sort of thing. Um, but like apex legends mobile, damn, that thing started up in, in like may. And now it, it, it's, it's dipping out. Same with like Rumbleverse. That thing has been around for like less than six months. If I had to guess, um, it is, it is kind of a shame just based on like you have all these you have all these titles um that i mean you know maybe they weren't able to really truly keep um an audience because they're shutting down but um it is it's just so interesting to see like it seemed like one after another there were just all these announcements of hey this game is closing its services hey this game is closing its services um what do you think about all that man 
I mean, at a certain point, like the the more companies are like, we need to make our game game a service to make more money for for our for our game. And then, like, the more you have out there, you only have so much time in the yeah. day to play video games. And you only have so much money in your wallet to spend on these games. Um, and I think at a certain point, like, just the user base kind of falls down. Now, I'm a little bit surprised um, Apex Legends Mobile is going going bye-bye. Um but I, I mean, I've never played it, so like maybe I'm not surprised. I would just thought that that game has enough clout to keep it going on the mobile. So, uh, so I've played actually a fair amount of Apex Mobile, uh, and I think that I think I talked about this when it came out. I think it's actually an excellent, it's an excellent mobile game, um, especially when played with like a backbone or a controller. I mean, like I like I was just cleaning up because um, if you're playing touchscreen controls like there that's a lot um <laughs> but um I, I think it's interesting uh daniel ahmad this is um he works for he's the director of research and insights at nico partners i think he used to work for what's the the company that we would read from um that has like uh sales figures and stuff like that Do you know what i'm talking about the mpd or and yes N- yeah. yeah npd uh i i think he might have he might used to have worked there um but uh, basically, he he tweeted out this. He said, a quick look at our data on engagement for Apex Legends Mobile in Asia and MENA. MENA is Middle East, Northern Africa. Um, shows why EA may have made the decision it did. Game and genre level data is one aspect of analysis that we track during our annual research cycle. So um, in, in terms of Asia and uh, the MENA region, uh, the percentage of game population that was played in the last three months, um, Apex Legends Mobile made 0.68% of that uh, uh, of that um that list there and then you've got like for uh, reference Call of Duty Mobile we had 6.3% free fire it's a game i've never heard of but i assume is you know a popular mobile game over there 9.9% and then PUBG Mobile was making 14.7%. So the fact that Apex Legends Mobile wasn't able to get even 1% just barely over half of 1% um, of that market, I think makes sense why you wouldn't want to spend all that time, uh, and resources keeping that thing alive. And then additionally, um, it, people were spending on average four and a half hours playing, um, Apex Legends mobile, 4.9 hours on COD mobile, 4.6 hours free fire and PUBG mobile 5.6. And I think that to me speaks to what you were talking about, about people only have so much time, right? So if they're going to play one game, they're going to play the people who are playing apex legends are playing for a decent amount of time uh, every week. But in terms of like the percentage of people that are playing it, just not that many. I you look like you, you got something to say. Yeah. I was, I was reading my face. I'm shocked by these numbers for a lot of reasons. Mostly this free fire game. Haven't heard of 9.9, but also yep. PUBG mobile is that fucking popular. PUBG's huge, man. Um, especially overseas. And, and I think to be honest, I think that, um, apex mobile, the market, the market for mobile gaming with games like this is not the U S or Europe. It is all Asia and, and that Mena region. Um, because like mobile gaming is like huge in Japan and China. Um, and like, I remember, I remember that one of the big pushes was to get Apex on Switch because this, everyone fucking has a Switch, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. out there, you know, mobile gaming is just so huge. Um, so yeah, this Free Fire game I'd never heard of, um, but PUBG is like huge because I think it's, it comes from, isn't it published by a South Korean company? Crafting, yeah. aren't they from South Korea? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, so, so I'm not necessarily super surprised by that, especially because if you think about like the actual battle royales that are on phones, Fortnite isn't there anymore. Or if it is, it's not it's not super like accessible, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? 
I don't remember uh, like I, exactly how that got resolved. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I yeah. thought it. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I'm looking at Free Fire right now. It looks like yeah. it's it's Fortnite. Is does it look good? Uh, I mean, Free do, you, Fire. do you think Fortnite looks good? I'm just oh, <laughs> I do. Fuck you, I Fortnite. Gorgeous. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is PUBG and Fortnite together, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um. Yeah. No. Um. I don't know. To me, that makes sense. If you are EA and you're looking at these numbers and you're saying we're spending how much on this for, you know, half a percent of people to be playing it. Yeah, let's can it. Um, it's a shame. Like I said, it's it's a really, really solid mobile game. Uh, and, and I think the characters that are exclusive to it are pretty cool. Um, and I think that they recently said that they don't have any plans of porting those people over to the console version, which is a shame. But yeah, I think so. Like looking at this list too, Rumbleverse. When did that come out? Um, I'm typing it, it was in. over the summer. Yeah, like it was not a year ago. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, it released, according to the internet, August 11th. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's. So what, we're talking like seven and a half months, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, like it's not been that long, and like that's already shutting down. And I thought people had a lot of like positive vibes about this game, too. Um, I mean, Knockout City is one of those things that's been out for a while. Um, yeah. Like two years, two plus years, a little bit. Um, yeah, it was summer of 2021, I think. For Knockout City? Yeah. And that did go free to play a couple of... It did. Like a while ago, too. So, like, they were already clearly struggling to try to get people involved with it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This is... It's sad to see games go like this. And I think it's sad for the developers over um, at uh, Iron Galaxy who did Rumbleverse um, that this is, like... It was a flash in the pan, and that's gone. But... yeah. <sighs> games yeah man. it's a shame but i think what i think you said something that really i think resonates with this whole situation is that like people only have a certain amount of time right and i would say that like the battle royale market and the, these big like mobile uh, these big like multiplayer game market it, it's it's already so saturated right and people are already people i think are either playing call of duty fortnite or apex i might be generalizing here and i'm, I'm not willing to die on this hill but like you've got like those three titans, right? That never dip below however many viewers on sh on Twitch, never dip below this sort of player count. So, to try and compete with that, I think is is pretty like that is a pretty tall order, you know. And I don't know if you're necessarily like people who are playing those games. I think are playing them pretty regularly, and I don't know if you are necessarily going to be able to take people away from them. You know what I mean? Like if you're a Fortnite, if you like play Fortnite every single weekend with your friends, like I don't know if you're gonna play knockout city one time when it first comes out and, and say, you know what? I'm, we're going to play, we're going to start all playing this now forever. You know, like, I, I just don't know if that happens. I think people will play it, you know, for the weekend when it comes out, when it's free to play, when whatever. Um, but then I think at, like at a certain point, they're just going to go back to the game that they put all the time into all the money into and, and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Oh, 100% like me with multiverses, like how I went, I was, I, I mean, I was hard in that for a while and then yeah. once they released that first patch, I was like, I'm just going back to my comfort food and I'm back to playing Smash a little bit every week. You know, like just exactly. I, I prefer that 100% over uh, multiverse. There's nothing wrong with multiverses. I enjoyed it for the time, but you're going back to that. Oh, I'd rather this platform fighter is the one I prefer. Just what I feel comfortable with, what I like. Yeah. And you know it, right? Like, you know it inside and out. Like, why spend the time, like, learning something new when, when you've got something that you already are good at and already like? And, and whatever, when they but. fucking nerf Superman on me, it becomes a piece of shit and I don't want to use him anymore. Exactly, and Velma's just out here being like, "I was a bad HBO Max show." Or so. I don't know. Oh, I, I was gonna say it. Zoinks, um, but that's the wrong character. Jinkies, <laughs> Jinkies. There jinkies. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What my glasses. Stoop? I can't see without my glasses. 
Scooby Doo, I got some questions about you. Roro. <laughs> um, what are they? Oh, like why is it good? Is it good? I don't think it's good. Whoa! Hot take here. You don't like Scooby Doo? No, old man Jenkins always did it. You know who it is. Did you yeah, you like it? Are we gonna fight about Scooby Doo? I mean, not like I, I can't When's say a, that I've watched Scooby Doo since ever? I was okay. a child. Okay, yeah. I mean, like I've I've watched my fair share of Scooby Doo. Um, I like the theme song to the Scooby Doo movies, the James Gunn movies, by Simple Plan. Um, I never I've never seen those movies. What does um, it What does it sound like? Give me the Give me the. It's like. Hello Scooby Doo. Hello Scooby Doo. Or maybe it's What's Up Scooby Doo. Anyway. Um, you know what? You simple had, plan. You, you simple had plan. my Spotify going, so. I'm so glad to hear it. Um Justin EA uh, also so this you know, shut down Apex Legends or is shutting down Apex Legends Mobile. I think it has until May, um, if I'm not mistaken, which I think is is you know, nice that, that people still have, you know, three months with it. Um, but uh, it's sad, especially because, you know, it, it is it is a solid game. But EA apparently uh, scrapped Titanfall 3, which was going to be an Apex Legends Titanfall crossover. I mean, Apex Legends is in the Titanfall universe. That's been a thing since Titanfall 2, uh, since Apex even came out. Um, but two different people are talking about this. You got Jeff Grubb talking about it, I think, I assume, on one of his Giant Bomb podcasts. Um, according to him... It was going to feature BT, um, the robot from Titanfall 2, and other Titanfall characters, which I'm going to assume probably the main character. I'm forgetting his name right now. Voiced by Matt Mercer. Um, fun, fun characters and all that. Uh, Rampart, who's one of the Apex Legends, uh, brings BT back to life uh, after um, the ending. I guess, no, he was alive in, in, at the end. Well, no, of- remember that scene? He took a, he, uh, like your character took a... He throws you? No, 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 no. He took the he took the golf club and then he just started swinging. Oh yeah, no, swinging I right about on that. BT, and then like you see, like you just see like the screen crack with that last yeah. hit of the of the golf club, and and then the um, main character Jack Cooper, by the way, is the, yeah, name of the main character, and he's like, "Get up, BT!" Yeah, just <laughs> crying, just on the ground, yeah. and then the rest. Yeah. Of the, I thought this sequel was going to be the revenge story, but I guess it wasn't, or maybe it was, and you know, they just they scrapped it. Yeah. Um, so BT was going to be brought, brought back to life by Rampart. Um, uh, the player character was going to be Blisk, who was, I think, the main villain of Ape- of Titanfall 2. Blisk is also the character who, like, starts the Apex legend, like, the Apex games. And he's, like, the main character who's, like, recruiting people for it. Um, and then, uh, basically, the legends from Apex Legends would show up throughout the campaign and, like, give you different powers. And I assume, like, you'd have different missions. Why? What, what's up? What are you laughing about? No, just keep reading this list. The last one got me got me giggling. Um, is apparently inspired by Doom Eternal, um, which I guess makes sense based on like that Titanfall 2 campaign, like kind of has those arena shootery vibes where, you know, it's just about speed and whatever. And then uh, the last item on the list here is just wall running. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know I figured you know that little wall I, running thing you do. Yeah. Yeah, I figured um, that sounds fucking awesome. Like, it's such a shame. Um, uh, Jason Trier at Bloomberg also talked about this. Um not a whole lot of additional details here, uh, but in a report uh, published on February 1st, 
Um, apparently they were making the game. It was a uh, title like internally titled TFL or Titanfall legends. Um, it was a single player game um, that basically just had the shared universes we were talking about. I uh, had a team of 50 people at EA working on it, um, which has since been dissolved and people are either being um, given over to other teams working on other EA games or um, have been laid off, which is a shame. Uh, EA apparently declined to comment. Um, but P- Peter, are you worried about apex legends at this point? Um, they have actually, they talked about how, uh, recently they're most, they've not been growing. Uh, and I think they've been losing people a little bit. Uh, and can I be honest? It makes sense. Apex legends has lost me. I've not been, I've not played <gasps> it for probably a year. Um, probably since apex mobile came out, we, we were dipping in. It, it's too much. I think Fortnite has a, an incredible balance of like how to add new stuff. Um, so that it's not overwhelming. You know what I mean? Uh, they, Cause like Fortnite adds new stuff and takes things away at the same time so that there's always a mix of like old and familiar, but also like new stuff to experiment with. And apex legends doesn't do that. It just adds stuff on top to the point where if you miss two seasons of the game, like you're like completely out of like, you, you just don't know what, what's happening anymore. And the fact that every single season since the game dropped. So every three months there's a new character added to the roster. And you know, there are some characters that are better than others, but you have to like understand what each character can do in order to combat them, which takes time. And like, know if you are a certain character, like you are not going to be able to deal with this other character that you don't know, you know, like it's just like, there's a lot of game knowledge that you need to know and keep up with if you want to play it. So if you end up dipping out for a month, two months, three months, or I, I guess more than that, if you'd end up dipping out for like two seasons, like you're so behind, you know, um, they did announce that their, their next season, they're not adding a new character, um, which I think is a good thing because just, it's not a sustainable model to just like keep adding more and more and more. But, um, yeah, I think too, like it just shows you the, the great thing about Fortnite is that there are no competitive advantages with what you pay for. Yeah, um, exactly. everyone starts on a very similar like footing and it is just so beginner friendly. It is so easy and accessible to play where apex. Yeah. It's free, free to start, but like you got to buy the new characters. You got to know what they're like. Yeah. You got like at a certain point, like part of the game is to get the new characters. That's how you refresh it. Fortnite's just like, Hey, you know what? You're going to keep buying our skins. We're gonna make everything else around this fine. Um, but, and I, as much as the game shit to Fortnite, I think Fortnite's great. I think there's so much you can do in it. I think there is like, endless possibilities for it um where apex it's still apex and and i think like we, me and my apex crew have switched over to fortnite and now yeah. we're gonna play a game we're gonna play fortnite because yeah. the no build right it's just yep. it's really accessible and also because like you know and apex does this too but like fortnite is just like constantly changing its map like and not not it's just the one map right apex has like three that it cycles in and out or and maybe there's suck. four at this point what's that and some of them suck Yes, and the, oh, good, we're on the, the shitty one for three hours now. <laughs> um, but with eight, with with Fortnite, like yeah, the the map is the same, but like they just changed like different pieces of it, like dramatically to the point where like it really does feel like week to week. If you're dropping in, like there is either a new section of the map to explore or new weapons to try out. And again, it's not overwhelming because it's just small pieces, and it's just like very like go experiment, you know, do whatever. Um, yeah, so so I think I would not be surprised if Apex Legends is starting to lose people, like a significant number of people, um, just based on that. Um, I would play a sequel, though. You know, if they said, like, we're doing, you know, Apex Legends is ending. We're going to do Apex Legends 2. It's going to be, this is how it's going to distinguish itself, right? Like, it can't just be an Overwatch 2 situation, because I think that would be a mistake. Um, but, 
I would be, I would play it. And I would have played this, this Titanfall game. Uh, I think a lot of people would have. Um, Cause that is, that, it's just such a good, that was just such a good game. Yeah. And when, as like the single player guy, I am too, like, like that, like that would have added so much and it would have gotten people into Apex again, but. Agreed. Agreed. Like, it, it, yes, that would have definitely like revitalized that. Um, but fuck it, man. Do Apex Legends Titanfall crossover multiplayer game. Why don't we just, you Battle know, why don't we Titans do an Apex Legends Fortnite crossover? Great. Caustic versus banana. LeBron James banana. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Justin, E3. Uh, E3 has been in such a weird place. I mean, we've talked about it literally since the, the podcast started. Um it has had its up and downs, especially in, in the wake of the pandemic. But uh, it was recently bought, uh, what, six months ago by Reed Pop, who is the um, company in, in charge of putting on, like, basically all of the big uh, gaming events. Uh, I think pa- they run PAX, and then they run, um, like, by us, C2E2. They run all sorts of different events. Uh, Reed Pop also owns, like, gamesindustry.biz. Um, I, I think, like, E3 being in the hands of Reed Pop is good for the idea of, like, doing a show because... Um, I think they know what they're doing when it comes to like putting on a show for the public. But in terms of um, like actually doing like a games trade show, I'm not so sure because according to IGN, Xbox, Nintendo and Sony, the big three, none of them are going to be an official part of E3 2023. Um, Sony's been out for a few years, right? And Nintendo stopped showing up physically a few years ago. Uh, Xbox, though, has been a, a, a big what I mean, like Xbox has, it's just been like the big name for E3, right? Like one, or I guess one of them, um, for a few years. And now that it is moving on to read pop, um, it just looks like none of them are going to be there. How does that make you feel? What do you think about that? Is that well, the big hit that a lot of people are talking about? Yeah. I mean, like even like Microsoft was there, but they had their own theater that they were doing in. They were kind of separate yeah. from with their own press conference. Yeah. It was part of the E3 experience, but like, you could just see them kind of moving away. They come out with this developer direct recently. Did mm-hmm. people seem to enjoy it? It was perfect. It, it's not to me. It's not so much that um, E3 is doing anything wrong. I don't think there's really anything E3 could do to stop the the digital change, the way this stuff happens. Um, and I think if anything, E3 perpetuated this culture of uh, announcements and therefore made people disappointed with delays. And I think like that is just we're at a point in our industry where this isn't what works anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. pay. It doesn't benefit Microsoft to go out there and be like, this is Starfield is coming out this month, next month. And then they end up having to push it back. It makes Microsoft look bad. So they're probably going to just focus on marketing for their stuff that's going to work for them. Same with yeah. Nintendo. Same with Sony. Um, yeah. E3 is cool for a lot of the industry stuff, but the but. I mean, it's not a, it's not solely a trade show anymore. It's become such a marketing thing for like fans and people to see games. They've already opened it up to fans to get in there. So that will still be a thing that people go to. It probably won't be the same thing that we're used to. But I think this is, again, nothing to, to knock uh, Read Pop here and what, what they're going to do with it. It just has to be more w- where the industry is going as a whole. And it's going to just be more it's cheaper and easier for companies to spend money on a nice produced video with trailers that they can release when they are ready for it and like that's the whole thing right about just like it being in the hands of 
the the studios now, right? Like like that developer direct like was fucking great. It was great. It was great, and it came out when they wanted it to. Look you at know? how dirty our cars can get. Oh god, it's so fun. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure people are like. I mean, it looks. It looks like it's a, like it looked like real cars. It's like it's good. It's good. So what I'm trying to say is that like, I, I think you're totally you're like totally on the money. I also don't think that like this is the death blow for E3. Um, people are acting like like, well, I guess no one's gonna be at E3 this year. I mean, like. There are other publishers and other developers than these three. Like, you know, Ubisoft will do their thing. That's not, those games aren't necessarily my particular cup of tea, but they're still huge. Like EA will probably do their thing. Like, like there are still big publishers that are not owned by these three companies. Um, it, it, it sort of like, it seems to be a similar argument about people who are saying like, uh, Xbox is a monop is becoming a monopoly as they try to buy up Activision Blizzard and all this sort of stuff. Um, where like I think like it, in a certain perspective maybe, but like uh, maybe like yes, it sh we should be concerned about like these companies getting so big. But like there are plenty of people of of other companies and studios that are like doing just fine independently, right? And that are huge. Your Ubisoft, your EAs, you know, um, that we should expect. I mean, like I would expect to see these companies at. E3 in some capacity or, or other, right? Like from software will be, if they, if they are releasing uh, that Armor Core game, I would expect to see it. I don't know if it's at E3 necessarily, but like that is such a good platform for them. It might be Summer Games Fest, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that this is such a huge hit. Uh, I also, I think like just from the consumer standpoint, like I assume we'll get some sort of summer showcase from Sony, some sort of summer showcase from Xbox, some sort of summer showcase from Nintendo. Like, might not be the E3 week. You're, you're missing our boy, in that dude. Ballpark. You're missing our boy there. Our boy? Yeah, our uh, boy, Geoff. Yeah, well, and then, uh, of course, you obviously, you're going to get summer that he'll summer somehow be fest. like, you know, all of this stuff is part of us. Nintendo's like, please keep your name out of our mouth. We keep yeah, our Nintendo's. name out of your mouth. And he's like, nah, man, Summer Games Fest, Nintendo, Xbox, Microsoft, all here. I'll stream you all your stuff. And they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, no, yeah, I, I am. You, can. you can't yeah. stop me. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like, I think that this is not as concerning as I think people are, are making it out to be. And I think that with Reed Pop, um, becoming in charge of this i think there is going to be a a shift in in the way that this is handled obviously new management means that like things are going to be different um so like i think that this e3 is going to sort of dictate what it is and you know if it stops being a trade show and becomes more of just a gaming convention you know obviously that that is going to be a shift uh, i don't know if that's necessarily a good or a bad thing do you know what i'm do you know what i mean by that i think if there if there is an e3 convention in my backyard and by backyard, I mean Chicagoland area. And mm -hmm. I was free for it. I would still go, even yeah. if Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft weren't there. Yeah, agreed. Heck, if Sega agreed. was just like, hey, do you want to like play Sonic Frontiers at a convention center? I would be like, yeah. yeah I'll go. I'll yeah. go. Give me some chili dogs. <laughs> Ooh, that would actually... Well, now, hold on. <laughs> now, hold on. I have an idea, Sega. Hey, Sega, if you're listening to this... My backyard... Literally my backyard this time. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, we've moved it, so it cannot a, we'll, be in the we'll city. It has to be in. We'll yes. Cookout. Chili dog cookout. Actually, sounds like a good idea. Um. <laughs> anyway, hey, let's uh, talk about the PlayStation Plus collection. Um, it's going away. Do you see this? It go bye bye. Yeah. Um, starting on May 9th, the PlayStation Plus collection collection is no longer going to be offered to uh, PS5 
um, owners that have a PlayStation Plus membership. Uh, now, this, the PlayStation Plus collection, is different than um, like P- your PS pl- uh, Plus account, like your PS Plus Essential, PS Plus Extra, and PS Plus. What's the last one? Premium. What's extra. The, premium. Essential. Gotcha. Yeah, this is different than that. This, I mean, it is included with that, but it is different. Uh, these are like the 12 games that they were offering, like the PlayStation greatest hits um, that were all on the PS4 uh, that they were offering for free um, for all PlayStation 5 owners that had a PS Plus subscription. Um, we've talked about how great of like a, a selection this is. And I think a few months ago, they dropped Persona 5. That was the first game to sort of dip. And we talked about like the longevity of this sort of thing. Uh, but now PlayStation just announced like, hey, it's going away. Um if you're listening to this right now and you're freaking out like, oh, I haven't played all the games I want to play on there yet. Don't worry. You can download them, add them into your collection. And when you do that, they're in your collection. Like even when PS plus goes away, they yeah. will still be there. And to be clear, you don't um, have to download but, it. It's just like an add to library thing that you can do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just did that. I got a hundred emails from them being like, thank you for your purchase. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they, uh, they, you can still redeem these uh, very easily, uh, which I would recommend doing. Even if, I don't know, even if you're not planning on playing any of these, uh, having more games in your collection just in case is always good i think the only one i didn't have downloaded already was the last guardian which is when i actually was like i want to play this that was the only one i had interesting so i went through now i've i own it allegedly digital as long as i keep my ps plus can i tell you something stupid i did please I didn't cancel my PlayStation Plus premium <laughs> subscription. I just get this like bill and I'm like, fuck. Oh, that's ooh, that's tough, man. That is that is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played Jack and Dexter on it like last year and, and Stray and yeah. that was it. Got that platinum. Yeah. Was there anything else that launched day one with that other than Stray? Probably. Did I use it? No. But you know it what? Must not be. They won. Because they got that cash from you. They got that cash from me. I did that. Yeah, I have like yeah. a subscription to The Athletic, which is like a, you know, a sports kind of thing. Um, okay. And I had like a 30-day free trial, trial someone gifted me. And I'm like, okay, I'll use it for 30 days and then cancel it. They didn't remind me. They're not incentivized to remind me. All of a sudden, I get charged no, for like not. a full year. And I was like, oh. And then I send them an email and they're like, sorry, you didn't read the fine print. And I was like, you didn't read the fine print. And Dude, I've been paying for Marvel Unlimited since 2019. Um, the, the, like, it's just like the subscription service for like all their comics. Yeah. Uh, and for two years I, I read a fuck ton of comics on there and then just, you know, just with time and, and whatever else just haven't had the chance. And just every February I forget. I, I, this year I, um, I canceled it, but, um, yeah, just there's an extra. Are you sure you did? No. did they um, might start yes. keep charge you anyway. They're like, no, well, you're a legacy so subscription. Mad. You have to cancel it and then give us a vial of your blood in order to no longer you, do You have this. to call us. Yeah, yeah, no, you have to send a letter via pigeon. Um, <gasps> Untrained yeah, so pigeon. So PS Plus collection. Um, I don't know. I think this is kind of a bummer. Um, PlayStation has, has, I think, not been uh, bringing their A game when it comes to their, like, um, like free offerings, you know, it's obviously, it's a, it's a great privilege to be able to get games for free and whatever. Um, but I think like the inevitable comparison is like, well, you look at game pass and obviously games come and go off of there, but like, I think it, it, it's, it's different, but I think like, imagine if game pass just shut down and was like, yep, this is ending. Like, I think that would be a pretty big blow. You know what I mean? And I think the games that are being offered on the PS plus collection are fucking excellent and losing these just like that, um, kind of sucks. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, they didn't have to do that. Like, to be no, honest, of they didn't not. have to do it. Um, and I think it's been like, what, two years 
that's two years that, yeah, that's that has been out no, there fair. that you've had a chance to do that kind of like to make sure that the games that you have like you have a library if you just purchase it like i get, i know they don't have to do it it's nice for the consumer just to have those little added values on there but it's still like you don't get new stuff on uh ps plus extra premium whatever as much but i still think that's like there's some pretty good games on there um oh totally but Going back to Xbox, just looking through those games, like, fuck, like, I still just can't get over. I think even these games, like, it's not meant to compete with, with Game Pass. Game Pass no, of course. is still amazing. And, um, yep, that re-upped recently, too. So that's been, it was a very expensive, expensive Sounds month like it. for me. Sounds like it. Um, Game Pass, Hi-Fi Rush, play it. It's real good. It's downloaded. You've got it downloaded. That's the first step. I can't imagine um, playing I, that. I've not finished like, it, but I can't imagine streaming that is going to be good on my backbone. It's going to be like oh, terrible. Oh, not just a, terrible. Yeah, not 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 my way to play that. But no, no. Although maybe like maybe doing the cloud streaming might be okay as opposed to like console streaming. But who knows? Um, I've not finished that, but I'm trying to savor that. Well, you, you ever play have- a game when you're like, you're just like, I need to make sure that I properly appreciate this before it's gone. Yeah, uh, that, that, what are you talking about? Yeah, some games like you just want to make sure that because once it's over, it's done. Yeah, that's Returnity Overdin. That was another one for me. That's why sometimes I like a game that has a shitty platinum because you're done with it. It makes you finished with it. Like when I started, when yeah. I started my God of War platinum, I'm like, I got to do this more. And then by the end of it, I was like, fucking just leading this game the second I can. Yeah, no, I game, get it. Though. I get it. Yeah. That was me with uh, Deliver Us Mars. <laughs> just the second <laughs> it was done, delete. <laughs> Thank you, Dolores Mars. Um, all right, let's. Uh, one more thing about Sony, though. Um, they reportedly halved their PSVR 2 shipping numbers. Uh, they were expecting to be selling about 2 million units um, of the PSVR, uh, I think, at launch, uh, or maybe within its first year. Uh, yeah, no, at launch. And then they have halved, since halved that number to 1 million, according to Bloomberg. Uh, now, Bloomberg is. Uh, uh, they are using some, I think, um, anonymous sources have said this. And GamesIndustry.biz reached out to Sony and asked about it. And um, they explicitly said they have not cut their production numbers at all. Um, so basically, Bloomberg says that the company expects to ship uh, 1.5 million units between April of 2022 and March of 2023. Obviously, that's... 500,000 units less than their um, initial projections for 2 million units. But again, Sony PlayStation is denying that um, these are being, that that those numbers have been cut at all. What do you think about this? Yeah, it's like the, the nail in the coffin for this to me still goes back. Like the technology is great. What people say about it is great. And I understand it's different technology, but the second that backwards compatibility thing went out the door, I think that made this something that is just cost prohibitive for me. And I think it is kind of a slap to the face to the people who initially adopted the PSVR um, because it's like that didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Like, agreed. I was a huge fan of this. And as someone who wanted to try VR and loved it, like then this thing came out and it's expensive and I get that and it's cool, but then I can't do any of my old games. I can't go back and play any of those old games. It is an expensive 
novelty that you're still limited by because it's stuck to your PlayStation. If I'm going to spend this kind of money, and I've said it before, there are better ways to play games like VR, more effective ways to get a headset that you can get a bigger library of games. You have modding that you can do with it. So like, the, even if this technology is the best possible thing, which it's not, I mean, it's good. It's up there with it, other it's ones. What, it's, it seems like a solid headset. Yeah, but like- and, and that's great. But like, I don't know, it's just expensive and it's it's not... I don't know. I just don't see it with it being tied to the PlayStation 5, it being something that the mainstream gamer is going to want. And even the enthusiast gamer, it's a specific role. It's a specific enthusiast gamer who will do it. And I think that they don't... They've got a a solid lineup of games, I think. But there is nothing on the PSVR 2 that we've seen so far that has made me go, well, I need to buy a PSVR 2 now. The only thing that that could be is potentially Horizon Call of the Mountain for some people, but I'm going to spend $550. It's really $610 for a PSVR 2 and the fucking game um, to play a game from a series I don't like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> like, 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 I've just not like nothing from that game has sold me. on like, oh, well, I need to play. You need to have this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and the only thing that really could would be like Half-Life Alex. But like at that point, let me just save up another, you know, however much money and buy a, a, a Steam Index, right? Exactly, Index. where you have a plethora of games that you can play on it. You can mod in so much more. So yeah, I most don't know. of them. Like like the only game I think that would be exclusive would be um, Gran Turismo Seven, Horizon Call of the Mountain, and then that whatever Dark Pictures game. But I'm I'm not gonna play that. And plus, That's I don't okay. want if I'm gonna I, I can get motion sickness in any car. I don't need to be in VR to play Gran Turismo to get motion sickness in it. it Exactly. And so, look at all yeah, the dirt I, I, on those cars and how dirty they look. <laughs> I don't know. I also just think that like the, this, this headset has like it, they have not done a like specific uh, PlayStation showcase for it. They have not. I feel like they just haven't like really marketed this thing very well. It's all just been like PlayStation blog updates and whatever. And like that's fine, I guess. But like they have not sold me someone who loves video games that this is a video game thing that I need to do to have, you know. So there you go. That is the news for this week. Before we end the show, Justin, two things. We got to talk about Last of Us, and then uh, I've been playing Persona 4 Golden still. Uh, that game is hard. Hey, hey, that game's hard. Whoa. Uh, I had to grind. Grinding because of hard. Okay, yeah. I had to grind for three hours. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that'll really take the enthusiasm out <laughs> for your love for a game. Like, I, I and and I looked up like, am I playing this wrong? And I just, it's, it seems like a lot of people like it seems like Persona Five is just an easier RPG, um, you know, but accessible, um, not yeah. easy. Sure, yeah, maybe, um, but yeah, I, like, gotta grind. Like, I have more grinding to do still. Can I, even and I'm on the second dungeon, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's rough. Can I can I tell you about why I think I love experience share in Pokemon? Please, please do. You don't have to grind anymore. Some people says it makes the game too easy, but really with with really any RPG, if you know how to play that RPG and you can get the levels and your builds right, it makes it easier. 
Uh, I don't think there's any fun or value in grinding in a video game and wasting your time doing something, killing the same enemy over and over and over again. Um, And that's why I think Pokemon is brilliant. Moving away from Persona for a second, go to Pokemon, because you can grind fighting that same Pokemon over and over again to get your EV level where you need it to be. Um, If that's what you want to do, that is the high level competitive stuff that people dig me, the gamer, that is basic, doesn't have enough time to get to that level. I can still have an enjoyable time doing it. I think Persona yeah. 5, in my time playing it, that was a pleasant, breezy experience that if I wanted to micromanage every day, you could and maximize yes. and get every single relationship, do everything that you wanted to, but you didn't have to to enjoy that game. Right. Persona 5, 4 goes into that old games or old thing when it, it's hard, man. <laughs> you got to grind. And, you got to get... And, and- with persona 4 too like there are like when i'm grinding there are certain monsters that if you run into they will wipe you in one turn and then you know however much grinding you did since you last saved um it's just gone right like yeah i'm gonna i'm trying to stick with it but it is it is a little tough i'll be honest yeah um but old you know old games and and whatnot but um persona 4 golden (laughs) i'm trying trying they need a turbo button that's the again the only w- way i could play beat uh final fantasy 7 um oh yeah it's just was by having the the limit break uh thing on there that just every you, every limit break you did i could have grind like grinded through it but um yeah i uh i i'm i'm glad you're sticking through it and let me say this too before you fucking tweet at me or comment um although please we love all the people who listen to our shows and want to talk with us. Um, yeah, about anything. Uh, but yeah, about, actually, about you know what? Please do tweet at me. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I, I have the... You can turn up in, in Persona 4 Golden like certain modifiers. So like you can turn up like you can get more money from beating enemies or you can get more experience from beating enemies. And so I, t- I did turn that up, the experience thing. Um, but it, to me, it was not a significant amount more of experience. Um than i was getting before like so, like it, it reduces the amount of time you have to grind for sure um but you're still but grinding i'm still grinding yeah um let's talk about the last of us justin is that cool do you have more video game things to say or can we talk about the tv show let's talk about that tv show filled with spoilers um yes are we yes. gonna keep it let's segment it episode like episode three and then episode four just to yeah yeah so to preface we are recording this on monday we usually record on sundays um so we have seen both episodes three and four and then the next episode we're gonna talk about uh episode five because that's releasing on friday because of the super bowl so i like, thought it was so rebecca, i thought it was rebecca black she really motivated them to release things she, on you know friday. She, friday she made that song in 2011 and we've all been bopping it since yeah and, and even the, the the creators of the show were like, you know, fuck it. We're they were like, we've got to play, pay respect where yeah. respect is due. Right. Um, I'm excited for that cameo she's going to have on episode five um, as a clicker or as whoever. I don't care. Or as a singer. Uh, this has got away from me. Uh, yeah. So so episode three and four, like Justin said, though, spoilers ahead. If you are not watching this show, first of all, watch it. It's very good. Um, second of all, if you uh, care about spoilers, uh, we're going to be spoiling the heck out of these two episodes. So um, without further ado, Justin, yeah, let's break it up into th- episode three and four. Starting with three. What did you think of episode three? Long, long time. Episode three. Long, long time. I want to say 
fuck every person who's reviewed bomb this episode. I'm looking at IMDb right now. Episode oh, yeah, one that. has a 9.2 with 80,000 uh, uh, reviews. Episode two has a 9.2 with 72,000 reviews. Episode three has a 7.9 with uh, 170,000 reviews. And Peter, that was the best hour and a half of TV I have watched in a long time. Yeah, I'm not really a TV person. You know this about me. Um, I, I mean, I just sobbed for about 45 minutes. I mean, the, like the, about the last 20 minutes of the episode, and then and then sort of from there on, for, that was sort of the rest of my night. I, um, I I think as a TV show on its own, it stood along. Mm. It stood in a great. It was great on its own, on its own yes. merit. Yeah, as someone who's played the game. Yeah, gosh. Having no fucking clue where it's going and assuming I knew where it was going and then constantly having my expectations subverted was, like, I feel like it it was an episode that played to both of the audiences of this show in such a wonderful way. And it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I'm going back to those reviews for a second because God forbid we have woke people having a gay relationship on there. It didn't matter. Fuck off. It had nothing. Fuck off. Let me tell you something. It had nothing to do with their sexual orientation. You did not have to take away anything with their sexual orientation um, from this because it was a beautiful relationship. Um, And I think it was such a, what a, what a wonderfully paced like it was so good. I just can't get over this. It, it it was it was fantastic. And I I think just like, hey, fuck all homophobia. <laughs> like like I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh fuck you. Like I, I don't like you. I don't think you should um feel that way. Uh sorry that you're a weirdo <laughs> um who is hate in their heart. Um but damn, the that sh- that episode was I mean just just truly truly special. Um and, and you're totally right though about having played the game. Like I thought that it was going to and with them breaking up or, or, or Bill uh, or Frank leaving. Right. Cause, and, and I thought like I was sort of seeing it happen when they have that argument where uh, Frank wants to paint the, the, the fences and cut the grass and whatever. And like, they were having these disagreements, whatever. I was like, uh Oh, this is the seeds of, of, you know, it all starting to go bad, but it didn't. And gosh, how special was that? Right. And, and like, gosh, it was, it was just absolutely beautiful and fantastic. Um, and, and, you know, I saw people too complaining about like, well, this isn't like the game. F- first of all, who cares? You're not playing the game. You want to, if you want to be like the game, play the game. Second of all, like, sure. Th- the story of Bill's town in the game is fun in the context of it being a video game, right? Like you've got this, you go into the school, you're avoiding traps. You got this section where you go, you flip upside down and you're shooting your gun and everything, which by the way, dead space two did two years before last of us came out. Anyway, um, and like, like, there's just so much that's great about that as a video game level, right? But that would have made a fine hour of TV, I guess. But why would you want that when you could have this, I mean, just truly remarkable, truly special story told over the course of, what, 15, 20 years? Like, like it, it is, I think, just such a wonderful way to write a relationship, and show the highs and lows and, and really like show character change too. You know what I mean? Like, gosh, it's so good. I think, um, I, there was that moment and I, and I, I think I, 
maybe misspoke by saying it didn't matter that that this was a gay relationship because they had that moment that at the very beginning they talked about this in the podcast that is so true if you if you rewatched it um when um Frank is in the pit and he comes out yeah and then Bill is standing there and it's that moment when Frank knew Bill was gay and there's like this like subtle moment that they were talking about when it was like when uh, I forget the exact part of it, but Frank said something and then Bill responded and he just had this like look in his eye and you could tell that at that moment, it's that, it's that like dance that you play around with like, like saying like, are you, are sure. And, and you had that moment. And from that moment on, Frank knew what Bill was. Frank knew yeah. he wasn't going to leave. Frank knew like, it's just this like start of this relationship that I really don't think you get that many of them on something so big and mainstream as this. And what's more, it's not that they just created this relationship for the show. This is part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it was such a, uh, like, it was kind of meant for like a surprise-ish in the game, like when it turned out they were in a relationship, not just friends, I think. It, like, like it was insinuated in the letter a couple times and there's some moments when yeah. you got it, but like... And then there was that joke in the car. Yeah, with the car like, and stuff. It, it was sort of in the background. Like, yeah, it, it was like in the background it was a bit more of everything. Implied, right? But like even like this whole thing, it's just like such a well-developed relationship about what it would be like for real people to be living in this situation. And for someone as like out of touch with humans and and like just like regular society as Bill was, and then how he gets to like thrives in this pandemic, but also missing is missing something in this pandemic. And then he finds it in Frank and together they find and build this life together where they, they give each other and they fill each other's life up. It was such an expertly crafted episode. In addition to the fact that that letter that, um, oh, gosh. that, uh, that he leaves Joel, Joel, Ellie reads to Joel is not only better than the letter in the, in the game, it adds another moment of adding to what's going to happen at the end of the show. In yes. a way that's going to make it even more heartbreaking. But also, it's going to, again, I always say that Joel is not a villain for what he did. I don't believe he's a villain. It's a choice I would make. I don't think it's the right, necessarily the morally right choice here. But, like, I can't blame Joel for making that choice. And I, and it, I don't. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, people will be like, Joel was right. And then other people will, like, push back on that entirely. And, like... No, it's a complicated fucking thing. Yep. Like that. I'm glad I'm not in that situation because yep. what what is the right move? Right. Like, you don't know. It, it is so complicated. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, too, actually, um, it's not out right now. It will probably be out by the time you're listening to this. Um, I wrote a piece about how um, this episode um reinforces a very important queer theme from um the last of us specifically the last of us part two um where all of these you have these queer narratives about how when these queer people live in the confines of man-made society they face bigotry and they face discrimination but when they're allowed to go be themselves and live freely outside the confines of these these man-made the man-made world they're able to live their most their most uh like their their true lives their most honest lives you you look at like Ellie and Dina right they face um discrimination when they're at that dance and they kiss but they're able to like 
express their love and their feelings and everything when they're out in uh, going to Seattle and then when they're living in their in their house, which is outside of the the city limits of Jackson, right? And they're able to like live happily to an extent in terms of their like identity and sexuality and whatever. Um, and then you have someone like Lev who face you know discrimination for being trans in the Seraphites, but he is able to live his full best life when he is with people that are not within the confines of that society. And so I wrote about how um, in long, long time, same thing. We, we don't, we didn't see that Bill and Frank face any sort of discrimination. I don't think we needed to. They were two fully grown gay men in 2003. They probably faced some or at least witnessed some, right? Like, but they're able to live this full, happy life that is because of their sexuality, right? Because of, of their identity. And, and I think that's beautiful, right? And, and like, it is so well told and it is so good. And like you were saying about the change, though, of Bill, who is, I think Bill was happy to live on his own for the rest of his life. You know, maybe, maybe he was missing something, but like, I think he would have been con- like fine with it. But then he meets Bill, uh, meets, meets Frank, and he says, what does he say? He's like, I was never afraid until I met you, you know? And then Bill, like I said, Bill would have been fine living on his own. But at the end of their, that relationship, Bill couldn't fathom living without this guy. And that's love, right? And, and how that changes us. Can't fathom it, so he doesn't, so he won't. They won't live a single day apart. And damn, that is so beautiful. When he <sighs> when he brings out that dinner and it's the same fucking dinner, it's the same dinner, yeah. <sighs> and you know, and he and they know, you know what I mean? Like, gosh. And also, someone pointed this out on Twitter. I don't know who it was. Pointed out that um, so this you know takes place culturally in 2003. Gay marriage was not legalized um, in Massachusetts, let alone the United States. You know, we are far off from that. So like them getting married is is significant and important. You know. Um, Gosh, it, it is such, I mean, good on the last of us for telling a great story. But like, if you just showed me that completely out of context, it would be like still just one of the best fucking things I've ever seen. Oh, as, so, as someone who likes does competitive, like uh, act, theater and acting, like I'm like, yeah. this, oh, yeah. this is oh, the this fucking is like, duet this is right it. there. Like this yes, is it. Is. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just told over the course of time in just these small little vignettes. And, and, and that slow change. Yeah, what's that? And done by Ron fucking Swanson. <laughs> oh, what a perfect... I mean, we, we said this when, when they announced he was cast, but what a perfect cast. And I didn't know this other guy, Murray or Connor Murray, maybe his name is. Um, he's on apparently the White Lotus, which I've never seen, although it is written by Survivor David and Goliath runner-up Mike White. Um, <laughs> he's, in, he's in the first season of, of White Lotus, apparently, which is apparently very good. Um, but what, what perfect casting, what perfect chemistry they have. Um, it is so they sell it. It is so believable. And they just they yeah, it's so good. And then and that letter, too. And and I think like you talk about the themes, right, of, of The Last of Us in general, about being about protecting people and being about preserving love. And um, someone was talking about how, like, they were upset with the way that this episode uh, changed some of the the themes and some of the messages of The Last of Us. It, basically, they were saying that The Last of Us at its core is about like bitter loss. And I don't think it is. And even if it is in the game, I think that having a counterexample of bitter, instead of bitter loss, but sweet remembrance and sweet preservation, I think that's like equally as important, right? 
Do you agree? Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, that was just my interpretation. Like, I mean, how does The Last of Us Part Two end? It ends uh, not necessarily like where does Joel and Ellie's relationship end? Do you mean like literally where does it end, or like like when she walks away? The from porch the house? scene. The porch scene. Yeah, right. Like like reconciliation mm-hmm. and and trying. Lo- and I love love yeah. and sticking with those people and. And that's why it's so heartbreaking when she's so alone at the end and lost everything, like literally. But yeah, mm. gosh, how good! How good was that episode, though? Ten out of ten, my friend. Ten out of ten in a show that has been so far for me pretty much ten out of ten. Yeah. Speaking of episode, yeah, what's that? Episode four. Episode four. I fucking loved it. <laughs> it's good. I mean, you know, everyone is like, I was talking to, to some people and they were like, well, it wasn't as good as the last episode. And I was like, well, yeah, what the fuck do you expect? Like that last episode came out of nowhere, like had no right being that good for this side story. Right. Of, of these characters that were just sort of like minor characters in the game. But, but this, this episode is also great. Like with the way that they are, they're changing things up there in Kansas city now, instead of, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and, uh, I think this is where Bella Ramsey is really starting to shine as Ellie. Um, because in the first few episodes, I mean, it, it, it's been the Pedro Pascal show, Joel's story. But I think now Ellie is really starting to melt his heart. And we're, you know, we're seeing that more and more. Um, what did you think of it? Um, I feel like this, the same, a similar thing happened in the game. And I think it's the same way. It's just, I noticed it on uh, this episode way more. Joel is a super careful, smart cautious man it made zero sense why he decided to drive through downtown in this one yeah and i mean the the same thing happened the same thing happens in the game really when he does the the turnpike but like for this one i felt first of all a lot more tension with them going in the city um but it seemed like it was a moment of of stupidity that i wouldn't have necessarily expected from joel um, mm-hmm. in the situation, putting both himself and Ellie in, in danger and with it being something that it was literally, um, they were together longer at this point. Like they had yeah. already formed this relationship. They had already like been together driving with each other for a long time. Um, it just seemed a little bit weird uh, to me that all being said, the world that they built for this story was so much better than what they did in the game. Filling out this story, making you feel for the people. For example, I love the scene where um, that guy is choking Joel out and um, Ellie shoots him, doesn't kill mm-hmm. him, and he's still alive. And you have that moment, like much like, you know, they have those moments in Last of Us Part 2 and The Last of Us Part 1 yeah, when, yeah, like, yeah. you can finish the fight by, like, walking up to them and brutally killing and they're them. they're, like, pleading and, yeah. And they're pleading. To have that moment, and, like, it was really, like, one of those moments where... Ellie realized how fucked up this was. Joel knew how fucked up it was. They both knew it needed to be done, and it was done, and it was gruesome, and it was yeah. difficult, and it was even more kind of like being like, wait, who's the bad guy here? Um, right, just showing like, like, hey, these guys are bad. You know, they're trying to rob them, but like what Joel and Ellie are doing is also like what they're having to do here is is not great. Right, you know? right. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think their relationship, they, I'm glad they really spent time on this episode building up this relationship and building up Joel as a character, um, in a way that you actually get to see him melt that scene when he's like laying in there, he's at the end and he's just laughing and yeah, it's just like, gosh. goes on a little too long, but like, 
it needed to. It does. I did. I don't think so. Like, well, no, no, no. Like, what, what, yeah, what's that? It, it goes on. It goes on too long in terms of like, yeah, he keeps laughing at this, but at a certain part, he's not laughing at the joke. He's laughing at no. He's yeah, melting. Exactly. He's he's for what? Like, when do you see this man happy? Right. I mean, has he laughed? No. No. Right. Maybe in the I mean, first maybe episode, the, maybe at the, the beginning, first episode at like, the beginning. But like, but, he's literally like finally like just letting it out and like finding joy again for for probably the first time in a long time in this world and like it's just such a such a sweet moment um and it, what what a great build up of those jo- jokes throughout the whole episode it was just so fantastic and i think it's great too it's it's in stark contrast to her you know her being like why are you the fuck are you here if you have no hope for the world and he's like family and she's like am i family and he's like nope you're cargo right and then she shoots the guy and he has to kill her, kill him. And she's sort of shell shocked and whatever. And they have that conversation where he's like, obviously not good at talking to her about this, but like, do you want to talk about this? And she's like, you're not good at this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no. um, right. And so they, but then he gives her the gun and they don't have that moment that they have in, in the game where she shoots the guy and, and he yells at her and then eventually gives her the gun. Instead, it's, it's that trust of like, no, you are going to have this because you need this. And we need, like, I need you. And then it starts to break down, right. Of, of, the the jokes and oh it's so good and it's gonna be so nice to see the backstory of that joke book too um as we continue on with the show um but holy smokes i just i like it last week was about you know bill and, and frank and this this week i think was really about cementing joel and ellie together um and i'm excited to see um their relationship with with uh henry and sam too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I'm excited to see the changes that they made with that because don't they have isn't um uh one of them deaf? Sam's deaf. Sam Sam's is a kid. deaf. But can I say I don't mean to be that guy? I called this. I called this on an episode of Road to Part One with my friend Kevin Diaz. We played Last of Us Part One together and the whole thing. Uh, I was like, oh, the the kid they casted for Sam is is deaf. That's interesting. I wonder if that's going to be play a part of it and from what we saw in the trailer it looks like it might be for the for the next that next episode so and what did you think yeah it's it's so interesting too because they're playing up joel's hearing loss um a lot yeah i thought that was interesting yeah i i'm really interested to see what they're doing with that and again this is just like these little changes add context to these characters and add full scenes and boy by the way next week oh that ending i'm not looking forward to watching that uh, with Sam and, and Henry. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if they're even gonna. I wonder. I wonder where next week's gonna end, uh, because they stick around for a while. Do you remember they go in through the sewers and they find that settlement that's hidden in the sewers? I wonder if they're even gonna touch that. I, I mean, mean I, yeah, I don't but think they like, have to. Th- there's there's nine episodes in season one. I just don't know how that's yeah. gonna end. If if. We have so much good stuff. If we've coming. got two more episodes with them. Yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. yeah. I mean, they got to start moving a little bit. With they don't got to start moving, but they got to move. I mean, they got a lot to do um, in a little. And bit And especially of time. if they're setting up the the these villains. The uh, which, by the way, Jeffrey Pierce, who plays Tommy in the in the games, uh, is the guy with the big beard. And these I'm going to say that dude. I don't. What apocalypse is he in? Because that beard is he is. He has all the beard oil in all yes, of no, Kansas he's, City. He's finally trimmed. He is yes. right. Like that is like if I ever have, if I can ever do that, I will, and I will be. I wish I could upkeep it like that. 
Can I say also, I think that there's an, I tweeted this, there's an extra in The Last of Us did, yeah. show. Uh, he's like standing outside the, the doctor's cell who I, th- I, like I am 100% like convinced is in I Think You Should Leave. And I, maybe he is, I don't know his name. I'm going to do some more research and figure it out. But um, yeah, I'm so excited for more Last of Us. Uh, like it just it just keeps getting good, like better and uh, not better necessarily. But like it like it is retaining its level of just excellence. Um, and I can't wait for it every single week. Yeah, I, it's a uh, 10 out of 10 show would recommend video game movies rock. Instead of movie By the way, show video game limited series limited maybe. series. Um, I can't tell you the last time I watched a TV show week to week. Oh, I love it. Like uh, when, it, when it dropped, when it dropped, like I just, I've never done that. I mean, not since maybe I was in high school even. Like it's been a really long time since I've done that. Yeah. And and, and not fallen off. I mean, obviously there's still more time, but like, and, and consistently kept up with it. But so there you go. The Last of Us TV show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Um, that was our show. We'll be back next week, though, to talk more video game news and more Last of Us. Before we head out, just want to give you a quick reminder to hop onto our Discord server. Link to that is in the description of this episode. And then uh, support us on Patreon, like Dave Parker, like Jay Knoll, two deluxe podcast producers. Uh, Each week, those two people, and maybe you, should you feel so inclined, get uh, an additional 30-minute bonus episode. Um, There's over 30 of them at this point. It's 15 hours, and the deal just keeps getting sweeter as we go. Uh, If not, no worries. Hop on over to Twitter.com at HitboxPod. Give us a follow. Like us on your podcast player of choice. <laughs> Give us a five-star rating. That helps us out a bunch. Uh, am I missing anything, Justin? Uh, you're missing what the clickers sound like. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Always remember, old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>